to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. Pre episode of the motherfucking tough talk podcast uh what you just heard was a woman who was at a board meeting for a school about mask mandates but she said fuck all that mask mandate talk i'm here to talk about a different type of protection and a different type of disease the disease of anal sex folks uh yeah, allegedly in Austin, Texas, this went down at a uh, middle school board meeting. Like I said, that was a, supposed to be about mask mandates. And um, yeah, she <laughs> is, is definitely going into the Tough Talk Hall of Fame. That was a lot of tough talk about anal sex, man. Uh, allegedly on page 39 of a book entitled Out of Darkness, which I'll now have to read because... When you see somebody get that mad, uh, I guess it's a book about, let's see here. It says the book is about a love affair between an African-American boy and a Mexican-American girl set against the backdrop of a horrific 1937 explosion in East Texas that killed 300 school children and teachers. Wow. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, allegedly on page 39, <laughs> Kara Bell uh, had a had an issue with page 39 where I guess some anal sex was going down. Uh, 
you know what? Doth protest too much. Whoever said that originally, you know. Doth protest too much. You always gonna sound like. You always gonna sound like. You always gonna sound like you actually want the thing to happen because by the time she gets to i don't want to have anal sex i've never heard of anybody i've never seen it and i don't want to see it you're like wait a minute man you sound like you had it before and it hurt a lot and you'll never forget it therefore you don't want your children to have it either and this is just as easily could have been little bootsy ranting about little nas x <laughs> oh man or as i call him little nice sex because god knows that's what all the conversations are about i was actually happy to see the breakfast club interviewed him and they just talked about music it's like there we go bro frank ocean exists we could always just talk about the music and i mean some of that is the fault of all the people who straight people constantly bringing him up that it's just like if it ain't about the music let's shut up but anyway back to this so i'm guessing this book is now banned thanks to concerned parent karen bell wait is her name actually karen oh kara i, I named her karen uh school board karen there going in and diamond out the kids for reading about anal sex which you know a lot of times and i can remember you know certain shit certain books in school that we were had to read and you know you come back the next day after getting the assignment and somebody say hey man did you read the book last night and you go nah and then they go listen you need to read the book they talking about slipping their hand up her skirt slowly and caressing her inner thigh. And you go, oh, damn, it's going down like that. Is it really going down like that in uh <laughs> that book? So now you got to go around and read, you know, whatever pages from last night. You know what I mean? The next thing you know, you got an erection and... <laughs> And the teacher asked you to come up to her desk. You you see that scene in the wood. But yeah, you know, this is in middle school. Um, middle school where, like I said, yeah, they do start to slowly slip you some adult material. And you got to be mature enough to handle it. I'm a guess. I'm, I'm curious as to how this woman found out what was on page 39. Her daughter must have been reading it over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> like she had it uh marked like she had her uh book marker just stuck on that page and her mom said hold on now this girl been on page 39 for about three weeks now and it's like nah she just reading page 39 over and over again because you got the internet blocked on her phone and on her co computer so this is all the porn she can get the erotic material, which men never really got too heavy into erotic material, but women like to read some of those erotic novels and stuff. <laughs> ah, everybody but old Kara Bell here. She came on down to the school. Uh, she's blonde, of course. She's actually kind of hot. You can Google her. <laughs> but you could tell she was getting pissed because at some point she has on these glasses 
and she flips them on top of her head. She gets very, uh, you know, I would like to speak to your manager, White. So, like I said, it's hilarious. And, and she's supposed to be here for talking, discussing mask mandates. So I'm sure everybody in the meeting was just like, who in the hell? Like, what is this lady talking about? <laughs> So just out of nowhere, she starts ranting about anal sex. And it's just like, Lord Jesus, what is going on? Lady, it's probably nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you down here ranting about anal sex. Uh, I guess maybe they didn't mention any lube and she was maybe pissed about that. Like I said, maybe she had a bad experience with anal because she is very upset. Although now I'm wondering what type of book is introducing kids to anal because if these are it says this book what is it called out of the out of darkness this book chronicles a love affair between an african-american boy and a mexican-american girl hmm because yeah it just it's striking me as odd that it's a book about kids because who the fuck's first time is anal so i don't know what the fuck was going on in that book see now i got to read the book and i mean you know parents are very sensitive about what their children are you know supposed to be reading and different stuff so i can't knock her you know but her daughter's at that age where she might want to sit her down and teach her about the wrong hole and all that cornhole as she referenced in her rant I just feel like these kids are getting soft and, you know, like I said, I don't know how her mother knew. It's like, you got to keep that shit a secret because they're just banning more and more books. I mean, there's a big discussion about, I think, Tom Sawyer and uh, was it Tom Sawyer? What is it called? Huckleberry Finn, where, you know, there's a character called Nigger Jim, which nigger with the E-R, which is just like, Lord Jesus. But, uh. And I mean, it was odd, I'll say, reading it. I went to school in Valdosta, Georgia, and yeah, there were some white people who were raising both their hands. And I mean, to read out loud when nigger Jim came up or when they saw nigger, the word nigger in a paragraph. So it can be a little odd, I think, amongst mixed race students. But it's also important for people to know how they talk back then. And I mean... I'm pretty sure they banned that book now, or at least I, I, I'm pretty sure they went back and they banned the, uh, they banned the, um, word nigger. They removed the word nigger from the book and, and I think even changed the character's name to just Jim, which, you know, if we're going to talk about critical race theory and different things of so that nature, it's like, well, you guys are now not telling the, you're telling the kids the edited truth. Tell them the truth, you know. This was how they talked about people. These were words that they once used. Now, like I said, it do get a little nasty because, like I said, some of them southern white boys used to see, never want to read aloud and then see the word nigger in a paragraph. And all of a sudden, they got both their hands in the fucking air. And I even heard they banned, like, a Harry Potter book from schools. So, shit's getting a little soft out there. Like I said, I, I get her concern, but like I said, shit, her daughter is at that age where, uh, yeah, she's going to start getting curious about sex. Oh, okay. So in Huckleberry Finn, the N-word is used 242 times. Jesus Christ. 
to brand it the most grotesque example of racism. Uh, one administrator said that it's the most grotesque example of racism. But again, that is how people talked back then, you know. One of the best American, you know, Huckleberry Finn is regarded as one of the best American novels ever written. This 1884 novel provokes ongoing debate over whether it reinforces racial stereotypes. It is frequently banned and challenged. I just Googled an article here about uh, Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn. Didn't Dave Chappelle win the Mark Twain Awards? So, you know, all of this stuff is tricky. Because like I said, you can go back and edit the book, but you can't edit what happened. And if we want these kids to know the truth, then yeah, let them read a fucking book from 1884 and just see how gross people were with that word. And that that was people's reality. So I don't know. Not big on cancel culture. And I think it's pretty crazy to judge yesterday's people by today's standards. So I don't know. Might be time for your daughter to read a book about a little anal sex and get curious and find out what lube is so she won't have such a bad experience like you did. Anyway, on to other things. Uh, First episode back, like I said, I've been gone for a while, was back home in Indianapolis for a funeral. Uh, Lost an uncle. Uh, So that was about two or three weeks there. And then I was down in Atlanta for my nephew's birthday. Uh, That was a fun experience. So, uh, yeah, I've kind of been on a month hiatus. Uh, Me and Ibrahim, I'm joined by Ibrahim this episode. So, you know, we're back together doing our thing, spreading toxic masculinity one episode at a time. Uh, (laughs) On this episode, we we discussed, um, what did we discuss? We discussed... uh, Nicki Minaj and the whole anti-vax thing that's been going on with her. Uh, We discussed whether or not women can be heels in the wrestling sense. Uh, I thought that was an interesting conversation. We discussed a little bit of football, a little bit of, uh, you know, what we think is going to happen with this NFL season. Uh, I was watching the game last night. I was uh, down at New York Comedy Club doing a spot and, you know sat there for a little bit after and just took in some of the Ravens Chiefs game. That was pretty good. Uh fucking Lamar Jackson is just amazing. I mean, dude dude looks a lot like Michael Vick out there, you know, like Michael Vick 2.0. And I mean, he's just the funnest thing going right now, but every time he takes off and runs, I'm scared. I'm terrified because Michael Vick was the same way, you know, rip off 100-yard games, you know, rushing, 100 yards passing. And then there was always those moments where he'd take a hit and he'd be out for three, four games. So RG3 was the same way. I wasn't that long ago, you know. He was fucking on the Redskins and he had, uh, he had, um, he, I think he broke a record, like a rookie rushing record. He was an offensive player of the year as a rookie and, yeah, was a fucking weapon. And then he got hit and boom, it all changed, was a backup to actually was Lamar Jackson's backup for a while. But I think he's out the league now. So, yeah, man, but they haven't 
gotten Lamar Jackson any help yet. And every year you go, okay, give him a running back, give him a tight end, something, somebody. So it, it reminds me a lot of Michael Vick in that way where you go, it would have been nice if Vick had some help, a capable running back. Uh, I guess he played a few years with work done. Algie Crumpler, I remember the tight end because that was my Madden team. But yeah, he never had much help. As a, Didn't have a lot of top-notch receivers. He didn't really get help until he was in Philly, and even then that was kind of short-lived. And then when he played for the Jets, it's those few years we're trying to forget. And even when he was in Philly breaking all those damn records. So the boy is badass, but like I said, never had a whole lot of help offensively. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope they get Lamar some help, but it was a good-ass game, man. It's just good to see people getting hit again. Something about get people getting hit. I mean, this is the Tough Talk podcast that I just enjoy, man. I enjoy watching a motherfucking receiver come across the middle and try to catch, try to make that catch and hang on to the ball knowing those corners are coming and those safeties are creeping. It's something about it, man. And the Chiefs still put up, like, I think 37 points. The Chiefs are... If y'all play fantasy football, which I keep saying every year I'm going to learn to play fantasy and have some fun with that and try to win some money. But, uh, yeah, fucking Ravens barely squeaked past the Chiefs last night by one point. Lamar, last second touchdown, spectacular. Uh, Pat Mahomes put up a lot of yards. Uh, Big Kelsey. Big Kelsey going across the middle there had a big touchdown towards the end of that game too so it's just crazy that the chiefs continue to put up these fucking video game numbers i mean if they're not in the 30s that's a bad game for them which is insane you know growing up watching football i guess we had the rams the rams were you know the greatest show on turf marshall falk tory holt who else was isaac bruce those motherfuckers were badass so yeah they put up some points, but I say they even they, I think, were in the low 20s, you know. But fucking Chiefs now with all these rules changes, you know. Always in the 30s, fucking shootouts every game. But then it does make you wonder, do they actually play any fucking defense? Because they're scoring in the 30s, but their opponents are too. So, as they say, defense wins championships, and we all saw what happened to them last year in the Super Bowl, so... There's that much. Uh, the hell am I talking about? Uh, just seen a preview for the new Venom movie, so I'm excited about that. I, I, I'm one of the few people I kind of enjoyed that last Venom movie. But I, I only watch movies for the story. But yeah, what is this one called? It's something to do with Carnage. Carnage is there. Now, I, I was a big Carnage fan growing up, so I can't wait to see this shit. I used to fuck with Carnage like he would do shit like turn his uh, swords or his hands into swords. Man, I, I fuck with Carnage, man. So I'm I'm happy to see that Venom got a sequel because I felt like people didn't like the original one. So it's interesting to see. I'm hoping every symbiote gets uh, a movie. That'll just be fun to see. I, I wonder did they, I, I can't remember if they named any symbiotes other than Carnage and Venom. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this should be an interesting movie, man. And Carnage is, they said that Carnage is 
you know, supposed to be more powerful than Venom. So, like I said, I'm sorry. I'm in my nerve bag right now. I very much enjoy uh, Venom and Carnage and the whole symbiote thing. I I used to have that game on Sega. I forget what it was called. Well, Maximum Carnage was the more popular one. But then there was a second one for Sega. And it, it had all the symbiotes. The red one, the blue one, the green one. I forget what that game is called. But like I said, Maximum Carnage was the original. Ah, the separation anxiety and you could play as spider-man or venom man and it was a side scroller 2d kind of joint man I, I need to get my hands on a sega got the 64 here with me and i got a super nintendo but i need to get my hands on a sega and run that back uh was just reminiscing the other day about uh you know the new nba 2k had came out 2k 22 and you know, that game, it doesn't change much, but people like to complain about it. And it's just like the only motherfucker that would ever complain is somebody that never played Double Dribble. It's just like, remember that one on regular Nintendo? We only had four fucking teams. And you complaining about a 2K where you got all 30 teams, plus you got Legends teams, plus... You got WNBA teams, plus you can create your own motherfucking team. We had four teams, dog. One of them teams was called the Chicago Ox. I'm not making that up, folks. That's not a joke. Not the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Ox. So I guess an ox is in the same family as a bull would be, but there was licensing issues. They hadn't figured that, that part out. Then we ain't even going to talk about how the announcer, when you uh, are at the intro screen, the announcer has a slight lisp because he actually says double dwibble, double dwibble, double dwibble. So, yeah, our announcer had a lisp. We ain't even going to talk about the fact that you just had to run really fast towards the hoop and push shoot and hope that you dumped. And then a whole cutscene came in. Of a gray motherfucker that we ain't ne never figured out which team he played for because he was fully gray. He looked like a statue. So, yeah, uh, there's that whole thing, man. So, yeah, I, I don't see how people are fucking complaining about that. Uh, we're going to get into this episode. I got about five more minutes to rant here. Like I said, I've been gone a minute. Uh, what did I want to talk about? Oh, I wanted to say, you know. It's Monday. Me and Ibrahim recorded Sunday. As I wake up here, uh, we lost a comedian, a uh, big comedian to our world. Uh, AJ Johnson from Friday. You guys may remember uh, AJ Johnson from Friday. I think he's only 56. So, uh, yeah, you know, he played Ezel in Friday. My back, my neck and my back. <laughs> Ah, dude, it's hilarious. I still remember in the movie, I got the hookup. He was roasting somebody and he said, this motherfucker's so black, he blue. Nigga, you're blurple. And I was just like, yo, this motherfucker is hilarious. He was, he was kind of underrated, man. But I look forward to him in every Ice Cube production. Ice Cube always find a good role for him, you know. Whether it was that or uh, Players Club, I think he was in. And then, like I said, Master P. He was always in a lot of Master P movies. So, 
Rest in peace to AJ Johnson. Uh, and we lost another comic, uh, white comedian, uh, Norm McDonald, last week. Had been battling cancer silently for eight years. So he kind of took the uh, Chadwick Bozeman path on that one by just not telling anybody and just dealing. I want to say he was 60, which I didn't realize he was that old. But uh, him and Dave Chappelle have this funny movie together. So you guys check that out. I forget what the title of it is, but it's on Netflix. I want to say it's called The Heist. But, uh, you know, Norm McDonald was a comedian's comedian. And a lot of people, a few people that I've had on had worked with him. I had Dominic Leonelli on and he had worked with him and. Just kept hearing how dope he was. And I was kind of looking forward to maybe catching him the next time he was at Caroline's or whatever here in the city. You know, comics, comic. Like I said, everybody loved him. Not a, not the biggest superstar, but every comic, every comedian loved him and always talked about how special he was. So I repeated both of them, you know, big shoes to fill within the comedy community. Even for A.J. Johnson, you think about that next Friday movie and you say, damn, they better hurry up because we done lost Ezell. We done lost Debo. Bernie Mac was, you know, in the original Friday. Uh, So a lot of people that were in that movie are gone. Even uh, the woman that pulled up, the one that was supposed to be Janet Jackson, I think she passed away. What was her name? She was in everything black in the 90s. Fuck. Because I'm forgetting her name. But uh, I, I want to say her name is Yvette Wilson, but I could be wrong. But yeah, the girl that, you know, Nia Long was supposed to be hooking Smokey up with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Say she looked like Janet Jackson. Got out the car, girl looked more like Freddie Jackson. So, yeah, a lot of people passing away, man. Uh, health is wealth, especially for black people. Take care of your health, man, because the ages of these people really bother me. You know, AJ Johnson, I think, was 54, they said. You know, DMX was 50. Four days after DMX passed, Black Rob passed. I think Black Rob was... 51 shock g it's just been a lot of ogs passing away man and and like i said it just you know it strikes me as odd that you know prince philip lived to be 99 god damn it that's almost twice the age of dmx and black rob so yeah health is wealth man i'm, I'm trying to try not to drink so much myself trying to get out of this pandemic mode where I'm just firing up a drink at 2 a, two, 2 p.m. because there's nothing else to do. Uh, We're we working on it slowly. We should be going back to work soon. So we'll get back to some semblance of what regular life is, is like. But everybody, yeah, fucking take care of yourself. and Let's, let's try to live as long as these whites and these Asians. <laughs> yeah. I saw this Asian girl going to a store up here in Harlem and order a juice. I was going to get something different, but I said, you know what, my man, make make me whatever she just ordered because she was uh, a little old lady, but uh, she looked like she was about 80, but she was in good shape, man. So we got to leave some of them fried wings and different things alone, man, and. It looks like at least A.J. Johnson passed, I think, from natural causes. So at least right now, you know, sometimes that toxicology come back and 
You know, they like to tell all our goddamn business. But uh, yeah, man, just everybody take care of yourself. And hopefully Cube hurries up with that next Friday movie because everybody wants to see it. You know, Nia Long still out here. Ice Cube still out here. Smokey, uh, Chris Tucker, uh, Cat Williams, Mike Epps. So, yeah, hopefully they can all get together. Oh, John Witherspoon. That's the big one that passed, too. So. Yeah, we got to hurry up with that next Friday because, yeah. Anyways, sorry to get to such a somber note. But, yeah, on this episode, like I said, we discussed Nicki Minaj and her whole thing. Uh, A little bit of Shikari because we were catching up. Brittany Renner and that whole back and forth with PJ Washington. We discussed some football. We discussed the death of uh, Michael K. Williams. Uh, and a little bit of comedy, just catching up me and Ibrahim. So, uh, check, go ahead and I'm gonna shut the fuck up and let y'all check out this episode. Uh, like, share, subscribe everybody and, uh, don't have any anal sex. <laughs> uh, not much. It's giving me a hard time getting in, but I'm in now. Hey, you already know how we got to start this episode off. Yep. Anchor is full of shit. All right, that's good. I don't want to get too far into it. I'm trying to change as a person. <laughs> Are you? Uh, not really, but I'm trying to change for the better in some aspects. I'm not going to go completely in on Anchor. What's been good, man? Man, a whole bunch of nothing. Just, you know, I've really been out of town. I had to go home for a funeral, so I was gone for about 12 days, so almost two weeks. Then came back to New York, and my uh, nephew's birthday party was in Atlanta, and I left for that for almost a week. So, feel like I'm just getting back on solid ground, you know? Yeah. Feel like I was gone most of the end of August and early September, but we're back now. So, getting back in shape comedy-wise, was in the village last night to like one, so. Oh, word? Damn, I must have just missed you. I was in the village, too. Hmm. Yeah, I had a spot at Greenwich Village. I just started my whole club comic journey last night. Hey, okay, that's what's up. Congratulations, motherfucker. Greenwich, yeah. oh, good old GVCC. Yeah, I was uh, had a twelve fifty spot over there. Mm. Uh, went right before the last comic. Yeah, you you just missed us. I was rolling out around that time. Uh, shit, how'd it go? Great, man. Great. I had um. Last night, I guess, I guess say it was the first time I felt like a New York stand-up comedian, like a legit, legit New York stand-up comedian. Right. I feel like a comic, but I, last night I was like, I felt like a New York comedian because I had five spots yesterday. Hey. Uh, one in Harlem, ran up there with our people. Then I went to the Tiny Cover, ran up, you know, ran it up with them. And then I had two spots at Broadway and one spot at Greenwich Village. Oh man, okay. It was a great yeah. night. You get into that work. Yeah, man. And it was it went they all went great. Dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Saturday night is what you train for anyway. So you know, the old logic is uh kill Thursday through Saturday and build Sunday through Wednesday. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, those Saturday spots are usually fun. Anytime somebody complains about one of those, it's just like you're not ready to do this job. Right. 
It, man, look, and and that's what I was saying. It's like all these years I've been in the New York comedy scene uh, for the last four years, trying to break and make a name for myself or whatever, prepares you for that moment. Doing all those shitty dive bar shows, shitty mics, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ambush comedy and all of that stuff. When you have an intensive crowd on a Saturday night, like you said, a late Saturday night in Greenwich Village or wherever you are in terms of a comedy club, it, mm-hmm. it makes it like like they say you uh uh you pra- uh, practice is hard the game makes the game easy, right? You know, so it, it felt like that. It felt good, man. It felt good to run twelve minutes, do twelve minute spots. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Get to breathe a little bit. Yeah. Feel the people. Feel the doing those uh you know guest spots basically on these bar shows where you go all the way out to the back of Brooklyn for seven to eight minutes. Right, a hard seven to eight. It's just like motherfucker, we we here. It's only four people here. Let me breathe. <laughs> Facts. But yeah, it felt good, man. It felt good to be to feel like I'm, you know, I mean, I'm in the scene now, I'm not on the outside. But yeah, comes. that's and I mean, it's funny, but it's like you'll have a thousand false starts in New York of like, all right, now I'm going, now I'm moving, and I don't even remember when I quit doing mics. It just kind of happened. Right. I'm like, oh shit, I've got, you know, three spots this week, you know, and then just preparing go, oh shit, I'm not doing mics anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a strange thing. Like I remember uh this girl was telling me, she was saying to me, she said, uh, <laughs> you know, the odd thing becoming an adult is you don't remember the last time you went outside to play. Mm-hmm. Like you don't remember the last day; it just kind of happens. Of like, oh shit, the bike is gone. All of a sudden, I got a summer job. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I got a car. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, exactly how I feel. Kind of crazy, but yeah, it's all. Yeah, it all can happen so quick, and like I said, it it'll feel like a thousand false starts. So it's good that you feel official now. Yeah, so I mean, I, I know at some point I'm gonna get jaded again, but I mean, right now it felt good to be like. But one of the things I was worried about with starting out at the club or whatever, or starting to do club spots is losing, you know, losing your edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Always concerned with playing the hits and wanting to be liked and all this stuff. And I've been, mm-hmm. I've been like kind of battling with that over the last few, over the last few weeks or whatever. Like, yeah, come on, nigga, don't go in here. Then all of a sudden want to be a people pleaser and worried about what people say. So what I liked about what I did last night was I mixed up my material. So I did the stuff that I know no work, you know, that the people will mm-hmm. like. And then I went and did my other set and I did material and I mixed it within that. I mixed within all that material, dark stuff that divides the room. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like I can't lose... I can't lose that aspect of who I am as a comic because now I'm inside working the working the you know working the club. Like I have to keep that. And I, and I feel like those that are the best of the club comics definitely still have their edge. And you know, New York's mm-hmm. tough, but I think a lot of people. Um, I've always had to defend the club comic because I'm one of them. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of guys that don't like, you know, I guess what you would call mainstream New York comedians and then maybe even mainstream black comedians when you boil it down within New York. Right. It's guys that are on the outside. So they come into they do this thing where they come into the room one night, you know, one random ass night and they watch two minutes of a you know comic and then go, 
oh man, this guy, you know, he's doing this. Either he's a sellout or he's cooning. And, you know, they only watched two minutes of him. Right, right. So it's like, uh, you mean the part where he went on stage and said, hey, how is everybody doing? Clap, you know, if you're happy to be up out on a Saturday night. And, and you know, that was all you watched. So, And, I mean, the best of us have come through that circus. So, you know, the Kevin Hart's, the Patrice O'Neal's, and it, those that would argue that, you know, Kevin is such a mainstream comic. It's like, well, there was also Patrice, and they came up under the same class basically right so it's like you know choose your own adventure be who you want to be but one thing i would say is don't be one of these comics that super tries to be super edgy and doesn't work anywhere and then keeps going oh it's because i'm edgy it's like yeah yeah you're kind of a dickhead that doesn't fit in the lineup anywhere Mm -hmm. and i've seen those too uh like uh i was in la uh What's his face? Uh, shit. What is his name? It's slipping my memory now. Uh, who raised you, TK Kirkland? Oh, oh, oh. I was doing Chocolate Sundays, and I was just doing a funny first presentation, so the pre-show, basically, but he was on the lineup, and then it just, like, you know, Tony Rock was hosting. It was this very fun energy going on, and then he went up and kind of, you know, stared niggas down, and I robbed you, nigga. And it's just like, hey, this isn't fun, man. <laughs> like, it works on a headliner show, you know. No disrespect to T.K. Kirkland. He's funny. He's a working black comic for a long time. But like I said, it just, within the lineup of a showcase club, it just ruins the vibe. <laughs> Almost like wrestling. When a heel comes out, it just starts slapping popcorn out of people's hands. But you need those guys. I get what you're saying, but in comedy, you need those guys. You need uh, those guys you, in in every. Everybody can't be. Everybody you know I mean? can't be likable. Yeah, everybody's not like. Yeah, you need a heel. You need and some I, heel so you can like appreciate that. the because so you can appreciate the good guys. Because mm-hmm. if everybody's good guys, no one's challenging the the establishment. Nobody's, you know. Uh, uh, making people think about themselves, or, or you know, you need somebody who's an who's an antithesis um, of everything you think. Com, uh, uh th- that moment or the world should be. You need so that I guy. Was, I was waking up to this concept, and I'm glad that we've led here. Uh, so we'll we'll get started with a little bit less about us, but more about the world. Uh, just was waking up to the general concept that a lot of women are heels. And we don't like mm. to see them as heels mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously we're connected. You know, our wives, our girlfriends, our mothers, our sisters, where it's mm. like some of them are the bad guy. Like, oh, I'll definitely. tell you one, my sister would kill me probably. But she was talking to me about, you know, she got married or whatever. Her and her husband kind of had a falling out, but they're still married technically, still kind of live together anyway. Uh-huh. said something to her about her husband and she just kind of goes whatever I, I got that nigga on child support anyway and I'm like what y'all live together though and she just looked at me with this face and then it like I heard it like oh shit, my sister's a heel uh-huh. she's out here putting niggas on child support because <laughs> the man in me almost wanted to say like what are you doing uh-huh. And then you go, you know what? It is my sister. Get that money, sis. Whatever. Who cares? But yeah, women are heels. Like, have you been uh, 
keeping up with the saga of PJ Washington versus uh Brittany Renner? Uh no, I haven't been like delved into it, but I know the last video that I saw of her, she looked unhinged in the motherfucker. Like and I, I was... gotta say I'm disappointed in myself as a man because I look at her and go, bruh, if I had a million dollars and if she ever returned one of my DMs, I would hit it. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I'm like, yo, it's something about her crazy yet. You know what it is for me? Is uh-huh. that she doesn't play victim. She's out here like, yo, she's up front about what she's doing. Like, yeah, I'm terrorizing your ass. And mm. but yeah, she's like, I, I, I wouldn't I nah so that's one thing about me is when I was um and that come from, I guess, me talk. My mother keeping it real with me about women when I was a um, when I was a, a young boy, and then you know, also being like I said, the oldest of uh, all my sisters and stuff, and seeing yeah. bullshit, you know, up front, up close to person. But my mom was always kept it real with me about. It. So when I would see chicks like her, that's a little unhinged, and yeah, I respect women who are up front and things like that. But I was smart enough to know I, that ain't somebody I get pregnant. Or that mm-hmm. somebody I'd, I'd get attached to, you know well, what I'm saying? My mother, used to, my mother, my mom used to just call just like her undercover hoes. Like they undercover. But hoes see, like there's that. nothing undercover about Brittany Renner, and that's why. No, I'm what, no, she got in a relationship with that dude, and like people knew what she was about, but she pretty much groomed that kid from what about seventeen. She was coming yeah, to the but game. You know she was is. almost thirty. Groomed that kid. Can't feel sorry for You know what I mean? Can't feel sorry for a man or for a dude getting trapped by a woman who has videos saying, literally looking into a camera and saying, you know, these athletes don't like to wear condoms, girl. You can get them. So, yeah, but it's different. It's different when if she was, it's different when, but all right, she says that, right? But all yeah. the other mature athletes that she fucked with that was around her age bracket, right? Yeah, they All, was playing and they taught her the game. None of them niggas knocked her up. Because they were yeah, grown enough. Kaepernick and them was really playing her. They kind of taught her the game. Yeah, they were, but they were grown enough to be like, yeah, and experienced enough to be like, nah, bitch, get the fuck out of here. She preyed on a 17-year-old kid. Okay, so here's where I'm so at with it. 17, Honestly, 16, 17-year-old kid, dude. To keep, it a, to keep it a buck, I wouldn't what? give a fuck about a 17-year-old uh, if we reverse the genders here, meaning uh, uh, if, if a dude is her age and the girl is 17, I wouldn't care if, like, lady, you're grown. Like, you're you're young, but you're mature enough to see the play as, it, as it's developing. So mm. I wouldn't feel sorry for a woman in this situation. So I'm certainly not feeling sorry. Well, all right. Well, I applaud you for staying consistent. But what I'm also staying consistent yeah, I'm consistent. Because I've dealt with older women when I was... When I was mm-hmm. his age, you know what I mean. When I was, when I was his age, I had a chick. I had a chick that was like twenty four, and she had like two kids, right? Okay. She had two kids. Now she was nice looking. She was nice, fat, like thick body, whatever. And she had she them fruit trying, snacks, huh? She had them fruit snacks, bro. She had, bro. She was right, <laughs> but she was like twenty four, whatever. But my mom put me. If my mother didn't put me up on game. Old girl was trying to trap me. She was trying to make me her dude. Her yeah. long time she was trying to groom me to be the man she wanted because she to had be been played. Dad. She had been played, yeah, all this time. So she mm-hmm. was trying to get in early with me because I'm 17. 
and I was all looking at her. Now she was she was nice, but she wasn't like model bad like Britney is. She you lets you hear. She wasn't as pretty as Britney. So you can imagine a kid with a, a athlete with very little guidance. He's got this fucking uh, uh, Instagram popping bitch. Okay, but basketball game wearing his jersey. Then you don't know whatever game she learned from the older niggas. Yes. She learned how to pull on him. But and got him but, wrapped up. But did this twenty-four-year-old woman also have videos of herself saying, "I'm about to trap you"? Basically, no. But she had so. a nigga. Ho, ho, time out. There was no social media then. She did have a situation where she was where she was fleecing this old nigga in the same. All right. So what happened was I worked in a supermarket, right? I was a cashier. She was a cashier. So we worked this way, and she pushed up on me. Right, so I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, whatever. I wasn't really like into it at first, but then like I don't know, I saw her ass, all that. I'm like, oh, she, all right. She came, well, boy, she came to the store to get a check, and she had like a sexy dress on. So it like changed my whole perception because at first I'm like, oh, she got some chick I work with, and she's just like overly bubbly about me. She came to the uh, she came to the uh, supermarket to get a check, and she was dressed like she's about to go out. Uh-huh. That was bad. I was like, god damn. <laughs> so that's how she got me. But what I didn't know. Was that she was finessing some old some old school nigga who's her sugar daddy in the same place he worked in like he worked in like stock or some shit. Yeah, and she was finessing him for his bread. So this mm-hmm. kind of bitch, but at a low. But she was in AAA. We were in we were in we were in the minor league. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was pulling the same game. This, but I was but she was finessing an old dude for his bread. He was passing off money every now and again, and she was and she was like just like. Tagging him along, supposedly not giving him no pussy. You know what I mean? But then right. on the flip side, she was trying to get me because I was younger in the game. And yeah. she was all the games she was running on him. She was getting you with the promise of pussy. <laughs> not yet, but I got it. She was. Oh, okay, you got it. All right. Good. I got it, but she was trying to get him. And then my, uh, but what happened was the good thing I had was I had my mother who was in my ear, like, yeah, she trying to da 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 da. Yeah, you don't make that serious because she got two kids. Yeah, your mama she trying to play. My mother saw the play, so it's like it's the same shit. Your mama so, hollered out, "Watch the bootleg screen." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mother was my mother at the time. Shit, if I was seventeen, uh, my mother was like my age. She's like my age now. She was like yeah. 36, 37 at the time. So she was she was hollering, "Pick left." <laughs> yeah, she knew. So she was like, "Look," because I told her, I said my uh, shit gonna come over. Uh, she's but you know she's older than me. She's like, uh, how much older? So I was like, I'm. She's 24, and my mother was like, oh, she a baby, right? She's she running. So I'm like, yeah, she's older than me. But, but my mother, like, but I'm like, yo, Bob, is she older than me? So then she like, what else about it? I said, she got two kids. She, she mm-hmm. got two kids, and my mother's like, I. Right. She's like, fuck around with her, but don't make that serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She no, saw, then she serious. saw her. She met her. She's like, yeah. She said, like, I don't like her like that much. She said, she mm-hmm. all right. I don't like her that much. Uh, don't make that serious. And then the chick stayed at, our, stayed at our place mad late. And my mother was like, yeah, I don't like the fact that she's here this late and she got two kids. Right. She was like, like, watch, really she was like watch this chick. She ain't even a solid so, mother. Yeah, so even though I'm so-called grown and we dealing with certain stuff, it's like it's easy for a young nigga to get wrapped up if he don't got the proper guidance. Nah, definitely. He can get wrapped up into some chick, and she can have him doing all types of dumb shit. I've seen. Oh it. yeah, you know, we already know. And it's just you know, you're just so young in the game, and no matter what people are telling you, you aren't listening. 
Right. And and you can play. And like I said, for him, it's like, right, on video. And then you got to understand even but, athletes, they're a, uh, you know, basically a secret society in a hood. So the, the calls were definitely made, you know, probably from Kaepernick's camp or close to Kaepernick because right. Kaepernick wasn't the only NFL player. So it's like, Oh, uh, I, I see what you're doing with that, and uh, you know, just be careful. It's yeah, but you also told. So, like I said, every time he tweets, "Oh, she won't let me see my son," I can't do shit but laugh. It's just, it's like, bro, you, 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 you know that that bitch is Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> this is the thing too, the man. Joker's girl. We we all know. I have given, and this goes both ways, male and female. I have given advice. Two people that I love dearly, yeah, you know I mean? friends of mine and relatives like my sisters and so on, that I see something or I know a person in detail, like I know them. Yeah, and I go, I know the person they dealing with, and I go, yo, I don't think that's a good look because mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, and I'll give them the entire playbook, like how I know that person. And well, you know, people think that they're different. It's it's the yeah, or I can the, change this person. It's the it's the thief's disease where. I'm not gonna get caught. That was them niggas. Yeah. It's like, all right. Well, I told you. Like, mm-hmm. this is... and then when it come back, oh, I can't believe it's like we told you. Because what I got told, and I mean, this was by my grandmother. Some game given to me by her was she was like, if you don't like who your sisters date, don't say anything because it just pushes them further into their arms. So. Mm-hmm. I've kind of played by that rule up to now, and a lot of shit, you know, with my sisters, I I had to come back around to the level of, uh, yeah, I I, I could have told you that, but wake up when they wake up. Mm-hmm. No, I tell like, I I was of the school of I tell my sisters or I tell whoever my boy or whatever early, so that when they come back around, it's like, look, it absolves me of getting involved in your shit. I told you ahead of time. So now you had full information and you can't say, oh, somebody, yeah. or, or if you do that, why didn't you tell me? Like, no, I told you. So now you can't be coming back to me telling me, well, whoop his ass. No, nigga, because I told you. Right. I told you. So now that's on you. That well, ain't on me. I think the worst situation that happened, and this is kind of funny, so I'll tell this brief story, but uh, my father, you know, 20-something years in the military, gets back to Indianapolis, and he works at the prison or the jail there. And um, one point, I remember her dude got locked up, one of her boyfriends, and my dad comes home just pissed. What the fuck? I'm down at the jail, and everybody laughing at me. You know, them goddamn in talking about, you know, this man got pictures of your daughter hanging up in his cell. What's up with that? <laughs> and said niggas was telling them shit like, yeah, when I get out, I'm gonna have to go around there and see your daughter. She ain't bad. Nice work you got here. Oh, he, said shit. He, he said he went in the cell and ripped the picture down and ripped it up. I said, man, this is crazy. But I told my sister, like, you know, you could do better than a thug. Like these niggas, and this nigga was 6'11 thug, so it was just like, yeah, yeah get away with a crime everyone goes you know the nigga hit his head on the ceiling fan on the way out of here like mm-hmm. you selling dope you tall as the street light you standing under like you're really <laughs> easy to pick out of a lineup so yeah it was just a funny situation of like yeah man 
we all kind of told her, but this is this is the embarrassment of not listening. But before we get so Brittany Brenner is definitely, I think, a heel because she's in not playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing I think is really crazy is um, you know, that nigga plays in uh North Carolina, so I'm thinking the last time we had a nigga in North Carolina in a child support situation. Uh, right. uh by Ray Caruth. Ray Caruth. So, <laughs> so I'm like, she might want to quit playing with that boy. Because <laughs> every video she dropped, she dropped one recently. It's like, oh, she said it's stepdaddy season recently. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I saw. That's the one I saw. Looking at her cute, crazy ass, like you know what? I just might side up for that. Goddamn baby taller than me. Six two. F three months yeah. but uh yeah she uh is a bit like a serial killer writing a letter to the paper at this point <laughs> it's just like yo this is crazy but uh not only her uh we'll go backwards a little bit here but i was thinking about shikari richardson as well of like you know some of her behaviors and actions that is like i said we're just it's our natural instinct and inclination to try to defend a woman. But when I look at some of the way she behaves, you're like, oh, she might be a fucking heel and we just might have to deal with that fact. <laughs> what, she's the Takashi 6ix9ine of... Something like that. I mean, he's <laughs> definitely a heel. But like I said, we are very quick to say men are heels and be like, yo, fuck this nigga. Like, the right. concept of the nigga you love to hate has been around forever. Like, Ice Cube being the first, you know, and even going as far as to make a song. It's one of the, my favorite joints. But uh, Eminem was that at one point. Mm-hmm. Kanye's got a little bit of that. Every time he speaks, people get mad. Some people are still mad about the MAGA hat. Other people still mad about, you know, slavery was a choice. So with Shikari that you remember, I mean, I guess a month or so ago, she came in ninth. And then she had this recent race where she came in fourth. But that's not what makes her the heel. What oh, I didn't see that one. She came in fourth in the recent race? Yeah, there was like right. another trial. I think she came in fourth or fifth after mm-hmm. what was it? The Prefontaine Classic, I think. Um, but that's not what makes her heel. What makes her the heel is her behavior afterwards is kind of you know, spitting in the camera and, and slapping popcorn out of kids' hands. Like she went into the replies and told somebody, you know, I'll still kick your ass in the race. And it's just like, yeah, she might be a fucking heel and it might be time to, like, everybody stop defending her. This is the energy she puts out. So she gets it back. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, she, you know, slaps popcorn out of kids' hands. Everybody, she's the best. So it's it's, it's okay that people boo her. Or mm-hmm. want to see her fail because this is the energy that she puts out. I can see that, and I think people are so resistant to that concept because they see a woman and go, "Ah, oh, women really can't be heels." This is the way people, you know, behave. Uh, Nicki Minaj has that a lot too. I've been looking at all the stuff with her and the whole vaccine mandates. That it's just like yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal with the whole testicles thing? I've been oh, seeing memes about it, but I don't know shit about it. Uh, so, folks, if you're listening, uh, Nicki Minaj, she missed a um, she missed a performance at the VMAs, canceled it last minute or whatever, and I think she was slated to appear at 
Met Gala as well, as well, and she didn't show up. And I mean, canceled beforehand, didn't just not show up, but mm-hmm. all her fans were kind of like, "Well, what's happening? What's going on?" And she kind of put out these tweets because, of course, everybody jumped to uh, say, you know, oh, well, you know, the VMAs must have been next to a Chuck E. Cheese kind of taking shots at her husband. Husband, yeah. That, you know, for those of you listening who don't know, he's uh, a registered sex offender. And I mean, that's not a rumor. Like, you know, something happened, happened way back in 1995. Uh, she was 13, so even when I see people <clears throat> judge her based upon I'm a little like, eh, I don't know. But, man, served this fucking time. So, anyhow, this concept of her being a heel, that's one thing right there alone of, like, she doesn't give a fuck what you think about who she dating or whatever. Um, the other one came to tell her fans, you know, online, like, yo, it's this whole COVID thing, you know. She caught COVID or didn't want to catch COVID. You know, she's got a baby. And that was the whole thing, her reason for canceling. And then uh, I think you had to be vaccinated to get in. So then somebody basically asked her, you know, are you that? And she was like, no. And, and I don't necessarily want to be. And she's saying, you know, Drake caught COVID vaccinated. So she gave us some of his business. Then she went on to say, you know, my cousin in Trinidad, and I mean, this is in quotations, my cousin in Trinidad got vaccinated, his ball swole up, and called off the wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm making that up, but it's just like, yeah, that's what she said. That's so, funny. of course, everybody jumped to, you know, my cousin in Trinidad, that, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. a lot like... uh Old girl from Friday. My baby sister cousin Tracy told me. Yeah. Where it's just like, Nikki, this is clearly some secondhand gossip. If you don't want to get vaccinated, I'm all for that. But just say you don't want to get vaccinated. But this whole story is kind of crazy and deserves to be mocked. So, yeah, all week she's been defending herself. And it's, it's just spilled out of hand that everything feels like a goddamn boondocks episode. Now, I think yesterday you had some sort of MAGA anti-vaccine rally in D.C. And you got all these white people holding up a uh, her. And you're just like, what in the <laughs> hell? She's become a MAGA hero overnight. <laughs> yeah. I think people kind of have to get used to the fact that, you know, she's the celebrity that'll come online and tell you, Hey, shut your broke ass up. Yeah, Rihanna come Rihanna, from what I understand, is, is kind of fits that bill too. Yeah, she's she definitely be a bad girl, but but yeah, she I feel like it's more in her music and in tone. But in tone nah, she, she claps back at people. Like she doesn't make broad statements and stuff. Well, so yeah, like how been. she responds to people sometimes on social media, how she so called throws shade and like, my thing is, and how she, you know, she puts all these mm-hmm. different images out there, whatever. It's like, my thing is, like, she, she took one ass whooping, and then it gave her license to be an asshole to other people. Oh, no. <laughs> and people, and nah, people like, bro. give her, and people give her lease for that. You know what I mean? They give her lease because of what she was, what you know, she what went she through. went through with Chris Brown. It's like, she past. knows. Yeah, so it's or like. deserves uh, the right to say this. The leash is a little longer. 
Yeah, because like the way she talks to people sometimes that I remember from, um, because I don't like really stalk Twitter like that. Uh, but you know, some of the things I've seen her clap back and don't come for Riri and blah well, blah blah. Clapbacks like, is you know that 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 comes because we're human. But I think when I say these women are heels, and I mean Rihanna, that it's like I don't know if you being the heel, but I definitely clean. But then, like I right. said, I think some of these women fuck the image being clean, obviously, like Beyonce almost be, being the golden standard. Then some of these women veer into, you know, not just is my image clean, you know. Fuck you think Beyonce me. got the gold standard? Really? Yeah, because her image is clean. And I, I don't want to get into rumors because we can get too far down the line of like, we don't know her. We just, we all know the same things. If I if I say gold standard, I would say Felicia Rashad or something. Well, like I that. mean all of them like that. But I don't know about Beyonce. But I get it. I get what you're saying. When you go down the history of women and black women in particular that are celebrities, it's very mm-hmm. squeaky clean. You know, Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, uh, Patty. You know, Patty Labelle selling pies. You know, right, it's right, not right, fuck right. you, nigga. Take my eat this pie. It's like you know, really mm-hmm. nice. Right. well presented you know and, and friendly but some of these women lately and these artists in particular are I think very much kiss my ass to where I think it takes people a while to catch on to and you still see people jump out there and try to defend because they feel like it's not well, fair but it's like well well, actually when you bring up names like Aretha you bring up names like Patty and, and some of these uh, legends who are black women the the whole t- they were very much like Nikki and them because that's what the whole term diva came from. You right, know what I'm saying? But we because, didn't have because and, and there was no like social, there was no social media. We didn't have social media, right? To really see who they were, and yeah, obviously, but we, you know, there's little moments in books and different stuff like that. But I'm saying in real time, we're seeing Shikari lose a race. And not an hour after coming in night to the internet to say fuck all of y'all. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, it's I mean, they, that's because time. she has it. She has the access. She has access to do that. Where mm-hmm. with the others who we perceive to have squeaky clean images, there are stories that you hear from. I can hear from like my grandmother when she was alive. Oh, definitely. Have, like I said, I'm not these people or whatever. That you'll be like, oh, really? I'm not under any impression that people are perfect i'm just saying mostly for women it's hard to think of any that are considered heels but i'm looking at modern day where we are and like i said Mm -hmm. a lot of it is the real-time reactions and i mean i actually respect the fuck out of nikki for not backing down that Mm -hmm. you know carrie hilson's beautiful ass jumped out there right at the start of the uh said something about 5g and the 5G virus and all that shit. And immediately, you know, within 24 hours, came back with a, you know, my fault. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, I have a public platform and I need to use that responsibly. Very, you know, queued mm-hmm. up apology, deleted the tweets. And it was just like, sis, I was respecting your she-tap stance. Like, your she kind of cute. <laughs> You was thinking on your own, oh beautiful ass. Uh, and I mean, she says now and then, and it rubs people the wrong way. Whereas I think they expect it from dudes to be contrary or counterculture, almost especially 
rap. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, 50 says whatever the fuck he wants. But we all feel like times. No one feels sorry for him. <laughs> he's he's the Rihanna, he's the Rihanna, he's the Rihanna of rap. Don't say Rihanna because <laughs> shit. but see, because that's where I was actually going. This motherfucker got be like, shut the fuck up, 50, or I can't believe he said that. Well, I don't, but the general public does. But I said that to say, we ain't never going to see a day where a woman, you know, gets shot nine times and we don't care. Meaning, like, no sympathy. That, right. Like you said, Rihanna basically gets a little bit of carte blanche well, I mean, because she's been through the mud. Well, 50 had sympathy. The sympathy was niggas went out and, and, and made his album triple platinum. That was the sympathy. <laughs> Sympathy was we went and bought his goofy ass attire, and you know we hey, hey, I, I never wore the G Unit tank. We sure no, nah, I didn't buy that, but the, I bought the sneakers, and the sneakers were very comfortable. But um, I wore I wore them motherfuckers until my wife forced me to throw them away. Them just hilarious, comfortable. But um, no, but that's how we show our sympathy with our dollars, with our money. We go, damn, this nigga got shot nine times to survive, and he put out a hot ass club banger. Let me go get this motherfucker my money. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, he throws shade. Well, you know the nigga almost died, so he don't give a fuck about nothing. We kind of right. like rationalize his stuff. So you know it's, what I'm it's the same thing with Rihanna. She got ass whooping, and it's then just... she came back and was like, you know what? She could be bad, girl. Riri, we give her that. You know what I mean? She survived. She she went through enough. Well, it's just funny that, like I said, we, <laughs> you know, nobody when he says stuff. People will be like, "Oh my god!" And it's just like this motherfucker got shot nine times. Like, like you, like I said, she basically has carte blanche after going through that one situation. But mm-hmm. you would think if Fifty was a woman, people let him say whatever he wants. He's been through enough. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas it's actually the opposite effect. With I him. tell you, like, shut I up! You that- didn't you learn your lesson? I, I tell you who that didn't work out for the way it worked out for Rihanna was um the chick who got head butted by Chad Ochocinco. Oh, but Evelyn, Evelyn, and and and, and <laughs> let me do some separating here because I talked <laughs> about Britney Renner being the heel. <laughs> then we went to Nicki Minaj, and then we went to Aretha Franklin. That Britney Renner is by no uh, class or measure in that class. No, no, she's. But not I'm saying, let's not act like domestic violence makes them. That that woman is absolutely nobody, and that's the problem. Rihanna is a dope artist, one of the best of all time. So yeah, we yeah, can. but she became a billionaire not long after. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, that, that what, who was uh, Chad Ochocinco? Evelyn Lazada. She got head, but he head her in the in the in the, in the Lamborghini. As the Right, but that's what I'm saying. But yo, right. it, I, talking about Britney Renner, it's all connected, right? But not, mm-hmm. not really. But what Britney Renner is is right now, like like Evelyn Lazada walked so Britney Renner could run. Like, well, I mean, but, they're all because, trashy. Uh, you know, the only reason we pay them any attention is who they slept with. So exactly. going opposite of my heel theory is that only women can come up off who they dated. With the exception of Safari, oh I've no, no, never... and, but the but but Safari was able to run because what's my man who trapped Britney Spears, Kevin Federline. But these Kevin let's, Federline. Let's keep in mind these are you know fifteen years apart. Freaking, Still, uh, these women do this every year. Yeah, we get it. 
I get every that. Year, I, I agree. Trying to like, you know, be sleazy. Oh, I got DMs. It was some woman trying to expose Snoop Dogg, and it was just funny because it was like, we all know he told us he don't love them hoes. Like, yeah. what do you think you're doing? Right. Like, we already know his MO. Yeah, it's just funny. She was like, look how trash he is. And it was just like, uh, duh. Yeah. Nigga showed duh. up to the BMAs with two women on leashes. Uh, the man has a porn, you know, uh, tape or whatever. Like, we know. <laughs> he does. I remember that. Yeah, that was an era where they would like let rappers host porn. <laughs> Dude, so we- that was weird era. This this weird. Was clip that of a Lil uh, John? Shit, Lil John, you know, basically after the was that a Jake Cream Pod. That was a Look- Jake Speed uh, porn, I think, too. I don't even remember, but Snoop. Lil John looks into the camera and says, "Like a Krispy Kreme donut," and you're just like. When did this happen? What did I miss? Who told who told the porn industry that it needed rappers? Well, that's because you had porn art, you had porn stars trying to, trying to rap, right? You it had JC, like, you had um, what's uh, Humper, Brian Pumper, Brian Pumper, God, trying man. to rap, but us. It's like, nigga, you get to drill beautiful women every day and get paid for it. Now, you're barely getting paid, but. You now you feel like you need to have bars too, like relax. But hold up, hold up though. Time out, time out. That that goes to back to your point where you talk about how women can come up a different way than men can. You have ex strippers who became rap artists, platinum selling rap artists, and men cannot go from being porn stars to, to platinum selling rap artists. I mean. Maybe one day, but not right now. So if we go by the metric that you put forward earlier, if Kevin Federline trapped Britney Spears, we got to wait. We're about So we're almost due because it took 15 years for Safari to do what he did. So now we and have been about one or two that. more years for a male porn star to go <laughs> from a porn, a porn star to a rap artist. And even then, I would argue that with Safari, women legitimize him because they watch Love and Hip Hop. We right. see him, you know, last time I seen him, he's on Breakfast Club crying because he had got robbed. To where, like, men treat him like the is. Whereas right, women right, right. try to, like, oh, tell us a story about you and Nikki. And mm-hmm. we just over here like, nigga, get the fuck on. Uh what about yeah. is what about he that got dude? As a rapper at somewhere, I think at Rucker Park, and there's a clip of him getting booed to where it's just like, who thought you could let him host and maybe people wouldn't trash him, but you don't bring him out at halftime of no uh, you know, rugged ass street ball tournament and have him trying to entertain people. Every yeah. nigga in the stands feel like they can out rap him. Jason Derulo was another one that came up off another chick, right? He came up off of uh, what's her name? I don't know um, nothing from... about that. He's he's kind of uh, I mean he's kind of, but he's at yeah, least he got a legitimate singer. He's just I guess in some lane that nah, I don't he was really a, look at. He was a dancer, I think, first, but he was dealing okay. with old girl. She was with, he was dealing with um, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Sparks. Okay, and yeah, she I got big. Vaguely remember as, that. Yeah, as she got big, you got to see him more, and then something mm-hmm. happened. They end up not being together no more, and he pretty much came off, came up off of 
being attached to her. Because she was because it's like you show people a picture of him and they go, "Who is that?" Like you know what I mean. So even to say he came up is just like, "Eh." I didn't know nothing about her until he was standing next to Jordan Sparks' fine ass. I mean, and, okay. And she was that, on the up, and she was on the up. She was like on, on the, the rise swing, but that's more of you know, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. It's like, give honorable mention. It's like honorable mention to Stedman, <laughs> honorable mention to Jason. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of these women are goddamn heels, and after a while, it's like, man, look. The the thing I find really funny about Nikki's in particular is. You know, no matter how many times she plays the villain, mm-hmm. whether it's dissing Cardi B kind of out of nowhere or whatever she's doing, people still can't get used to the fact. Whereas, you know, sometimes when 50 says something, people go, that's just 50 being 50. Right. But every time she says something, it seems like people haven't got used to the fact that she's the bad guy. She's, you know, the boss bitch. She, she shows up and says what it is and don't give a fuck how you feel. And I, I like her for that. You know? Yeah, yeah I get it. But I think but but if we're going and being consistent with the metric we've set forth is that Nikki hasn't gone through anything to earn the right to be that, to, to say those things. That's probably why she gets the reaction that she gets because I mean, she ain't got you... shot, she ain't got hit, she ain't got like nothing that has happened to make, it's and like she just showed up like that. She showed up like that. I lose that. the point no, <laughs> um, of what you're saying, but I think it's I think it's that to get the way I view it, she mm. went through a male dominated industry at a time when it was motherfuckers really heavy hitters, really motherfuckers that bust heads on the microphone. She rose through that, so I think to make her what she is. Yeah. So whereas, like, no, a little bit. Hear me out. Cardi B, when you when you put her beside her, that it's like she's the first, I think, to win best rap album, not best rap women category, best rap album. But you go, Partisan Fontaine wrote all of this stuff. Uh, to this day, Cardi's highest charting song is is Bodak Yellow, a, a, a remix of Kodak Black's song. So why would she have the mentality of a Nicki? She ain't been through the song. She ain't been through no battles. She ain't come up under one of the goats, you know, on mm-hmm. songs with Drake's. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made her the way she is. And I think a lot of her fans and the public, they view her as someone who's soft and she's not. And I think that's what fucks them up. That a lot of times they look at her and go, you know, why aren't you playing the victim? Why aren't you crying? You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. just not the mentality of a woman that came through the industry. A male-dominated right. one at that, and is right. one of the best. So I don't, I don't know. I guess. I never gave Nicki Minaj too much uh, too much play because... You're a you heavy should... backpack guy, and I mean... Not, I not even... It, was, it, it wasn't even that. It, it wasn't about me being a backpack guy. I just thought that she was just one of many uh, carbon copies of Little Kim. It's like... Mm. And I mean, like, she's a carbon... To me, she's a carbon copy. It's like... Yeah, but... I, I mean, gave her... I was, give, I was like, giving her... Her, like... This is the thing. It's like... You... She came out with her shtick. But it's like, I right, Don't... Don't act like you're the only one or, like, you're brand new. Like, we've never seen this before. We've seen this before. Yeah. And she even went as far as, like, having some of Kim's bars in her raps. 
Yeah. And it's like, eh. that's, so that's know. why I lost a lot of. That's where, like, like don't get me wrong. She had one of the greatest verses I've ever heard on Monster. Right. That song Monster. That I give Nikki that. That Nikki, I was like, God damn, that was. She had the best verse on that song. She got a lot of good verses. Uh, huh? She. Here's what I hate about Everybody this argument that, the, the is that thing, generationally, I, it's it's the LeBron Jordan argument where it's like we don't need to argue about this. No, nah, it ain't the LeBron that Jordan generation argument, had little Kim. But, this generation, no, 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 no. Simple not, as that. Time out. You can't say that it's the LeBron Jordan argument. This shit is more like the Kobe Jordan argument. That's like somebody's telling me Kobe's the greatest uh, they've ever seen, but Kobe took all of Jordan's moves. I mean, I hear you, I've but seen. Kobe, because I've seen Mike. It's, it's now, just about if you're eight. talking now, if you're talking Kim and Rhapsody, then yeah, that's a LeBron Jordan. That's a LeBron Jordan argument. Yeah, so two but different it's styles, just two different generational, two different things. eras. One I generation trying not to give credit to the other. So you know, for me, it's I just hate those arguments. It's like, all right, we know little kid. Nikki exists for this generation. Meg's kind of got the torch now. It's like whatever, you know. And I mean, like I said, those arguments are kind of silly. It's, it's you know, all Jay-Z the same template. But my thing is, but my thing is, it's all the same template. Like, there's no different. Like, literally, we smoothly transitioned. Now, look, it was a good what, um, good decade between Kim and Nikki. Before you saw another Kim, before a a, a Nikki type came. There was a good 10-year gap between Kim and Nikki, right? Yeah, Nikki, but it's just since like... Nikki, since Nikki, you've had Nikki, Cardi B, probably another bitch somewhere in there. Well, they all Meg seem like her to me, but again, it's just generational. It's whoever puts on a pink wig in this generation, but the bar, and I mean, even Nikki stylist, she sung and different stuff. She's a lot more authentic than little Kim to me, but again... Wow. Because Kim's, you know, I'm talking bricks. I got the Kim tried to be a dude to me a lot, and and again, no disrespect to Kim because Kim is one of the best. But like I said, they're so g- generationally apart that it just I don't care to compare the two. It's just like I said, you know, mm-hmm. every generation has. As you talk about that, it reminds me of another subject, uh, and I wanted to get your opinion on. What did you think about? Um, we had a couple deaths real quick um kind of a morbid topic but i'll lead into it we're talking about generationally uh for those of you listening we had uh the comedian uh he's a jersey guy did you ever meet fuquan johnson never met him no but i i know people that he know we have mutual right mutual acquaintances but i never got a chance to meet him now okay for those of you who are listening fuquan was a comedian that was in la and overdosed recently uh cocaine but fentanyl i guess was found in the system and then within four or five days we had uh the actress from the wire the i said actress anyway the actor (laughs) uh omar from the wire he played K. Williams, Michael K. Williams yeah. passed from heroin, and the same they said that they found fentanyl. So, generationally, it kind of sparked this whole debate that we're having again of like, you know, people, the older niggas acting like they're, you know, that ain't the same <laughs> cocaine we're doing. That it's just like, oh, niggas, shut up. 
that. Uh, what, what did you think about those two things? I know you're uh, part of the Muslim community there, so I feel like that's a very... Um, you guys don't even drink, dude. Uh, we're not supposed to, but niggas do. A lot but, of niggas do. Okay. You're not you're not you're not supposed to do a lot of shit that you end up doing, but no, it's not legislated for us to for us to drink or to do drugs and stuff like that. But why why'd you bring up the Muslim community? Why why'd you I'm, Because I'm they're to... very disciplined. Uh you, you don't drink, I bet. Nah, I don't. No. I don't drink. I don't drink or do drugs, no. Within comedy and within entertainment, it's kind of a sliding scale. You know, usually if you mm-hmm. drink a lot, you smoke a little weed. Then if you smoke a little weed, I've been at a party and, you know, Nico's little big bro had to be like, uh, don't go in that room. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's it's out here. It's amongst. I brought it up because of our lifestyle, I guess, as opposed to ours or how attempted or have you ever seen? And it felt like, you know, this lifestyle may be not for you for that reason. Mm, no, nah, I never I, ne- I was never intrigued with uh, that lifestyle of drinking and drugs and stuff because I had relatives who were this is even before I was Muslim. So I was raised around my non-Muslim family members and stuff. And a lot of them were hooked on. I just seen it up close and personal and I never saw the I never understood the allure of it because it turned a lot of the people that I loved and respected into assholes. So, where they're completely irresponsible, they're completely incoherent, they're no longer cool. I had like one of my favorite uncles growing up, stone cold alcoholic. But before he would take a drink, he was one of the coolest, most pleasant people to be around. The moment mm-hmm. he drank, you saw him change. It was almost like Dr. Jekyll must die. So that's one thing that I saw in my life that I never, I never understood why people or why someone would do that. You know what I'm saying? Plus. I remember a friend of mine was telling me, she's like, oh, I think you'd be a good drunk. I'm going to get you drunk one day. I said, that'd be the day you lose a friend. I was like, don't do not do that. She's like, oh, you're so bugged out. I think you'll be a fun fun uh, person to drink with. And I said, yeah. I'll probably be the complete opposite. I was like, because, you know. You might feel you like know, you might uh, be an angry I'll, drunk. I might be an angry drunk. Because my grand, look, I got stories. My grandfather, right? My grandfather is very cool. He was very, like, cool guy, funny you know, uh, irreverent, what they call it, irreverent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he used to drink, he would fight. Mm-hmm. My mother said he would get drunk at a bar. They would have to go get him because he got in a bar fight. Yeah, yeah. So One drinking takes away all your inhibitions and you don't think about, you know, it takes away all the things you, you think about. So you don't think about, oh, uh, man, I'm at work right now. <laughs> right. Like, you know, <laughs> you just started like, so, a fight. <clears throat> so I would probably be that type of drunk. And it was like, nah. And I would see how it turned my uncle and then, you know, the stories of my grandfather. I'll say so I had no interest. My even, uh, you know, alcoholism and shit runs in my I'm still one of them people that's on the fence about whether or not it's a disease. I, I've never liked that train of logic because I feel like it absolves a lot of behavior. You know what I'm saying? Of like, you know, yeah, I feel like it absolves a lot of people. So I, I'm on the fence about, you know, the whole, well, you know, it's just the disease that it's like, if you got to take $10 and go purchase your disease, you know, cancer's a disease. <laughs> yeah, it's like you buying your disease a pint at a time is kind of crazy. Mm. You know. Well, I mean, but you have you have people like, for instance, this is another reason why I would never get into stuff like that. Um, is because I have compulsive behavior. I have obsessive compulsive. I know behavior. I do too. So yeah. when I like something, 
I keep mm-hmm. doing it until I'm tired of it. And then when yeah. I get tired of it, then like for instance, if I hear a song that I like, I play that song until it makes me sick. Right. The same thing with video games. If I with like comedy, food, huh? With comedy, even comedy, yeah. Like I'll go until I'm sick of it, and then I'll go. All right, I need a, I need a day off, or I need a whatever. But yeah. it t- it goes so long before I go, or something has to happen for me to go. I I'm a stop. So in some right. cases, that is, it's a part. It, it taps into a part of your, of your psyche that is a disease. It is like, yo, I, I got, I got to stop. The same thing like with sex, the whole thing. It's like, yeah. yo, I have to have it. I have to do it. If I See, don't, even that train of thought, I don't like that whole like I'm a sex addict. It's like every dude is. It's just some of nah. us can't get a lot of sex. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. There's some people that is is bad though. It's worse. It's worse for some people. Like you, it, it, and it all depends on how you were co- you were brought into that life. You know what I'm saying? How you mm. were brought in, so how you were broken, or how you were first exposed to sex. Yeah. So now you got some people that they fucking they have to have it no matter where they are. I knew to they never have fuck to... with cigarettes. I say my brother, you know, R.I.P. passed when he was 27, and mm. I remember him. Uh, they basically, you know, gave him six months to live and. Going into his room, he's begging me to take him outside. You know, he wants just wants some fresh air. We get outside, he reaches into his wheelchair and got some cigarettes in there. Mm-hmm. And he's smoking, and I mean, he's three months from his own death, but he's like, fuck that, I'm about to take these cigarettes. And I think there's two types of people. There's the people that feel like this ship is going down anyway, and then there's people right. that, you know, they think, you know, hey, let's fucking... uh write the ship, you know, or turn it around. Right, right. Even the uncle who I had to go oh. home for his death, um, you know, he drank a lot, so mm-hmm. this got me to thinking well, about it. Well, and, you know, well, some of the Michael K. Williams talk, and in particular for our culture, black culture and rap culture in particular, that is one that celebrates the dealer, so to truly claim you miss the user of Almost, you know, ironically funny, even of like, <clears throat> you know, you watch all these shows, even, uh, you know, Omar's death is ca- kind of an irony because in the show, he never uses the drugs. He's just kind of robbing and stealing and it's all around him. So right, right, right. To, you know, die from literally the same thing. The show kind of made him famous was about drugs or centered mm-hmm. around him. Mm. So it's kind of almost like you know, does art imitate life? Life imitate art? Interesting, yeah. to say the least. It's like you know, somebody like Jay Z, you know, I sold drugs or whatever, and I mean, he's even said, "I'm not talking about drugs. I'm talking about despair, and I'm talking about shame." And I mean, it is if you really look at his raps, that's what he's talking about. But I think the danger is in those who are they dumb. But they're not, as he said, God damn it, I'm such a stan. Uh, do you listen to music or you just skim through it? That it's like, if you really listen to what he's talking about, he is kind of telling you not to do this shit. I don't know. I'm one of those that never got that. So I guess I'm dumb. Because when I listen to Jay-Z, I'm, I hear this nigga bragging. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the fuck I hear. I don't hear no. I hear this nigga bragging. Nigga, you, that's you can, what I'm saying. He can, know, look, look, he can, he can, 
listen, he can retcon that shit all he want now that he's gone. <laughs> nigga, I was living, we were living, he, like, I was living when these albums came out, my nigga. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, you ain't, you ain't gonna sell that bullshit to me now. Like, I love no. Jeezy, but I always felt like he was bragging. Like, there's no redemptive uh, redeeming qualities about these raps. <laughs> it was not that whole era was about. Come on, man! That whole era was about that shit. Like that, that all this. They I was. Started I that. was. It was. It was metaphorical for man. Right. No, it was. Rick Ross like, was ridiculous. <laughs> that it's like you know. I think I'm Big Meats, Larry Hoover. You think you're two niggas that are in prison for life? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. This is ridiculous. And these motherfuckers like, knew what they, they these motherfuckers knew what they were doing. And we ain't even gonna get off into Rick Ross uh, the first joint hustling when he's, you know, I know Noriega, <laughs> the real Noriega, nigga. Uh, weren't you a security guard at a prison? Yeah. Calm down. Yeah, it's felt like I get a little guilty because it like I said, we, you know, jump out here to say anybody that ODs, yeah, we miss them so much. If y'all need help, and in the same breath, I feel like we give so much life to the dealer, you know. 50's got a show now, BMF, they're working on. So, speaking of Big Meech, yeah, I hope he's played by some British niggas so niggas can lose it. No, mm-hmm. no, Nobody plays an American drug lord like British niggas. Word up. I, uh, I haven't watched it. I've only watched maybe one or two episodes of it. Motherfuckers losing my, like, Snowfall. I had no idea. Elba. And this, you know what's crazy is yeah. that kid's name is Idris, too. And that motherfucker... I can't lie. I yeah, started this, watching the show during my first acting class, and I was like, man, this dude is, I don't know how he's that deep in the character. Then you hear his interviews, and he's so live. You know, he's got that <laughs> voice going. You're the like, queen. Cheerio. Yes. So weird. You Did you but, hear uh, about how he got how he got cast? Like how uh, John Singleton? Yeah, they said John Singleton, you know, brought him, him to Compton and to L.A. and was like, Making him have conversations with people, yeah. But he, but but didn't tell anyone that he was an actor, and he had to stay in character the entire time. And then John Singleton left him there. Mm-hmm. Left him there. So that is it was crazy. But um, yeah. John John Singleton I miss him a lot in the film world. Is a great visionary. You think of going back to Boys in the Hood of like, yo, he gives us four black male. Even, you know, Nia Long, but you think of mm-hmm. uh, Ice Cube that nobody saw him even as being an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuba Gooden, that is so funny that he's in it because you go, this this motherfucker ain't been to the hood in a film since. Since, yeah, that was it. And him, more, more Chester. Chester. Uh, who else? Who else is in that movie? With uh, oh, the, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Angela Fishburne. Bassett. So, yeah. Furious Styles. Serious Angela Bassett. So John, John, we gonna miss him. And I, Snowfall is a masterpiece. They say it's the Rick Ross story, and they said he kind of stole it. But it's like after that, after that story is out there, you know, in the CIA and the hood, and I body story, bruh, got you. Mm-hmm. But see, that's what a little bit of what I'm saying. That like we hold these people to such high that. Apparently, I'm supposed to be mad at John Singleton for stealing the Rick Ross story when it's like, nigga, think of all the people's lives you poisoned. Mm-hmm. And that whole narrative of, you know, they dropped it off here. At times, it, it'll do, but it ain't good enough for me. You know, that, like I said, 
how we glorify the the seller and the abuser. This the thing though. This the thing though. Um, our culture and other cultures do the same thing. The only difference is <clears throat> the only difference is that black people aren't able to gain traction through their through our uh, uh, criminality. Mm-hmm. Facts. You understand what I'm saying? There's a show like, called the- Mob Wives, and I laugh because I said there'll never be a show called Crip Wives. Right, right, right. But that's but this is what I'm saying. It's like um the 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 Italians had the mafia, right? Organized crime. Yeah. You had you, you also had the Irish who had their mafia with inner organized crime, the Jews, X, Y, and Z, right? But the thing is that they were able to pervade and to succeed in politics. Mm-hmm. To pretty much legitimize the shit that they did. Right. And so the only thing black people were able to accomplish off of our criminality is entertainment. Like right. white, people are, white people and Jewish people are able to make money off of the movies, the books. Uh, there's no real music. So you feel like, yeah, white people stuff, definitely but, legitimized it and then are allowed to kind of run those businesses. Right. And th- but then they also put their kids in politics. So, like, for instance, you have the Kennedys. The Kennedys. The the father was a bootlegger. Well, you were going to politics all to that basically stuff, but, guard those businesses. So yeah, right. He put right. his yeah. So they're able to gain traction to legitimize the shit that they do, and look while at, they demonize what we do. Look and at how like, quick Kwame Kilpatrick and mm-hmm. mayor. But you go, motherfucker! How many mayors are there, coast to coast? Oh, right. You know, so, hold up, they locked him up, but the motherfucker in the motherfucker in Michigan who allowed for Flint to mm-hmm. one of the best stuff is still out walking freely. And, and, and locked what up. What did Kwame Kilpatrick do? What was it? Pussy? What, what did he get locked up for? Pussy and, and, and taking a couple dollars? Yeah, right. Didn't help himself, Kwame Kilpatrick, but and he just got a Trump pardon. So it was like, wait, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah Obama Nagan, didn't man. even pardon him. You know Ray Nagin, uh, the mayor down in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans uh, flood happened. If you go, this motherfucker yeah. was managing a crisis, and you know y'all held him accountable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is like you said. They're allowed to look. They, they didn't send their people didn't. into politics to kind of save yeah. them. Or, you, you're yeah, right. They, really, the only they, thing we got going back to Jay Z is rap know, in, all in TV. Blacks got is sports and entertainment. So then sports, we sports entertainment. That's it, and that's well, what. Um, <clears throat> first song so like I said I, uh, Jay was always talking about something bigger if you listen but uh before we uh, get Ray off, Nagin we another thing with Ray, huh? no, another thing with Ray Nagin they didn't like the reason they locked him up is because they didn't like the fact he said this will always be Chocolate City and them niggas was about to gentrify New Orleans <laughs> they said this motherfucker they gotta, gotta get go they gotta get him out of there cause he we got money keep it the same type shit yeah they wanted mm-hmm. to get him out of there definitely yep, yep. um before we get out of here, because we get at about an hour now, uh, maybe another 10 to 20 minutes. But uh, what do I want to say? Oh, football season done started, man. What what, what you got going? You you working on your parlays and your picks? <laughs> I just put them in before we were uh, before we were uh, fucking watching it. I don't know, man. I've, I've been kind of I've been on a losing streak. I had a okay. good I had a good ass hit. A couple weeks back, not on football, but on um, baseball. And then um, I, I've had. I had this real good one, and I fucking chickened out on it, and it ended up coming through. It was this pitcher for the uh, Blue Jays, the motherfucker. I, uh, 
like the line he was like for him him to have like twelve strikeouts was like the yeah. line was like plus six hundred. So yeah. I thought about putting it in. I was gonna put five hundred on it to win three grand. I'm like, ah, not chickened out. This mm. motherfucker ended up having thirteen. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that that thing that you showed me of them, you know, coming in halfway, being like, "You sure you want to stay with this?" is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do that on certain you things. To second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. And you go, you know what? Am I sure about that? I think I'll pull out right now, dude. I don't, I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't go through with it. But yeah, I, I put I put some shit out. Like I put some shit in today, and I'm just gonna see what happens. But I think I may take a. That, that's another thing. That's the same thing with because, like I said, I never gambled. I never was into any of that. And then when when pandemic happened, you know, idle mind is the devil's playpen. Yeah, so, man. I'm my boy. He told me about it, and I was like, ah, you know, I've never tried it. Let me try it. You know, it's almost like a game on your phone, and you're like, yeah. oh, you do it or whatever. But I've had, I've, I've won, I've won quite a bit, and I've lost a lot. So <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, have you, have you actually watched any of these games? No, that's the funny thing, dude. I watch the numbers. I'm more like a stockbroker with this. Man, shit. you crazy. I watch the numbers. <laughs> I don't watch the games. I'm watching the game now. I'm watching the Jets versus uh, New England. And, I mean, you already know the Jets are a dumpster fire every year. So Yeah. Yeah, they got a new coach, the the defensive coordinator that we had at the Niners. He became their head coach. And I don't think he was ready. Like, he wasn't ready. See what happens. I mean, you know, they're 0-1 so far. It looks like the Patriots get ready to – the Patriots, you know – gift every well, year is always that that division is trash mm-hmm. so you kind of have to put this asterisk beside tom brady of like was super trash every year nah but you know what though the motherfucker the motherfucker went listen, man, ain't nobody a more t- uh, has been historically more of a tom brady detractor than me because mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a Joe Montana like right. greatest quarterback whatever right he took it from him but this motherfucker went to another conference the same as Joe Montana did and won a Super Bowl in his first year with a all new right team. but let's be real that so, defense was already cold as fuck James Winston put up thirty touchdowns with him he also up thirty ints that I was telling somebody the other day like a huge part of that is was that coaching. They just that they just passed so much now. It wasn't that. It wasn't. It wasn't that. There was, was no running game. It was no. It was coaching. It was. Um, mm-hmm. It was. Um, um. I love Bruce Arians, the coach for the uh for the Bucks. I, oh. I like his style. I like the way he carry himself. He almost like he's almost like a brother. To be honest with you, he, yeah. he's damn good. Like if you watch him and see how he how he move and shit, like he's like yo, he got a lot of he got a lot of flavor to him. You know what I mean? Right. Because he said he, you know, he grew up around a lot of black people. He played, you know, he roomed with a lot of black people. So he's like real smooth. I, I like the dude, but his coaching style was not good for Jameis Winston because he had this whole uh, no risk it no biscuit philosophy, and that's where him and Tom Brady were button heads mm-hmm. in the beginning. So that's why the Bucks were losing early on. It was a it was a clash of philosophy. Well, you could make a young quarterback throw, but you ain't making old vet throw. He knows more than you know times ten. And right, and I, like I said, a huge part of Brady's original shit was the asterisk was, like I said, that division in New England. Yeah, that, that's a huge part of the story. Sucks every year. Mm-hmm. Not now that they got Josh Allen. Miami pretty trash every year, and but they, 
trash. Yeah. So yeah. going down to Tampa Bay that I even didn't allow you to say that because that offense was pretty good and that defense was really good with Sue. Uh, who else is down there? Pierre Paul. Yeah. He grabbing niggas mm-hmm. with the nub down there. Uh, <laughs> you ain't getting away mm-hmm. from the nub. Uh, yeah. And nigga hand look, nigga hand look like a Katie did, and he, he be <laughs> and they got his tackling. ass doing firework safety videos, and it's just funny because it's just like nigga. I, I don't know if I believe you. Um, <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill shit, but um, yo, he fumbled the bag for real. <laughs> that nigga was in a contract negotiation and decided to light fireworks. Like, nigga, are you out of your mind? Yeah. You're about to sign one of the biggest contracts of your career and you and you want to set fireworks? But it's such an easy thing, but they said he had the big M, I think 80s, they call them. And M- yeah, man. Now the number can go up based upon, so they showed in the one what that shit'll do and you watched it blow up like a house and you go, god damn, man, that's what you were lighting? So, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's like, what a dumb fucking move. But uh, anyway, so I wanted to say, Brady, not only was that defense-ready championship made, then getting to add Gronk and add uh, A-B. Antonio Brown, that it's just like, all right. Leonard Fournette. You know, I got to get into my Hotep bag on that one. That it's like, <clears throat> David Stern wouldn't allow Kobe to have Chris Paul, but the white man that went got Gronk and so it's like but, unfair. But, but you go oh, time out, time out. But Gronk was a year removed from football, wasn't even in football shape, right? Man, that motherfucker football is a shape. Antonio Antonio Brown was troubled. Like nobody really knew. Remember he was on the Patriots in that one game and caught two touchdowns, I think. I get it. But they thought he was gonna be they thought he was gonna be a cancer to the locker room in Tampa Bay. <laughs> right, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was pretty much looked at as being washed up when he's with the Jaguars. Yeah. So a lot of these players had buyer beware warning, and then you have Tom Brady, who's in his mid forties. Yeah. So it ain't like it ain't but like all these motherfuckers was, was so in their prime, huh? That defense was so cold, and like I said, that offense. Winston had thrown thirty touchdowns, so. Brady just came down there, and I ain't gonna insult him and say he game managed, but he made less mistakes than Winston and won. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, but the, the but also it was a change of philosophy to the offense. Like, like um um Bruce Arians will throw checkdowns. Yeah, and Brady like, look, nigga, we gonna have to throw bubble screens, checkdowns, and then we'll yeah. we'll we'll no risk it down we'll there risk air air once in a while. But that's where they were clashing. So the thing is about you can have all of this shit. But you got to have the right chemistry. Just the same. Right. Remember the Philadelphia Eagles, the dream team. They went and spent all that money on <laughs> come, and they end up shit in the bed. They have well, Vince Young. So much about chemistry, you know, basketball talent. Mm-hmm. And it's like you put Westbrook. Brook, what the fuck? That word got stuck. Mm-hmm. You, with LeBron, with AD, you're going to the finals. You know, now rather Maybe. not win. Maybe if you At stay healthy. At least in your conference, for sure. LeBron is nine straight years, the finals guarantee himself. So you put mm-hmm. that type of talent with him, you know, whereas with football, like you're saying, that Eagles team was what? Michael Vick? Uh, uh, Namdi Asamoa. I think Vince they Young got, was the backup. It, Vince Young was the backup. They got Connor Barwin from free. Yeah, years. they had a yeah. lot of people. They went Deshaun and Jackson good, there? Huh? Deshaun Jackson. I believe Deshaun was there. 
Was that the year? Hold on. Let me see. Yeah, that was the year. That was the uh, I think Andy Reid's last year there. <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah. Andy they went and spent bread. They went out and got some people, and they didn't do it. They did wonder what he's gone on to do with the Chiefs. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched their first game last week. Who did they play? And down to the wire, they had them beat, I think. Was it the Browns? Browns, yeah, the Browns. Yeah. They hit the bed against. Second, you know, this motherfucker throws a touchdown, you know, four minutes left on the clock that you go, how y'all been leading them the whole game? The Chiefs is that that shit is crazy because everybody thought Andy Reid couldn't win, and you know Donovan McNabb going all the way back to that. That look, they would have won had they not fronted on my boy T.O. Yeah, yeah, but he fronted on T.O. They tried to go with this whole thing. No one man is bigger than the teams. Like Mm -hmm. they did not get y'all did y'all did not get. Beyond whatever, or be half as good as you were that year without the show. Yeah, it kept conference finally without the big game receiver, and then finally brought in T.O. and got over the hump. And then mm-hmm. felt like once they got to the Super Bowl, but wasn't he hurt too in those playoffs? Yeah. He was hurt in the playoffs, yeah. But the thing is, like, it brought a new attitude and respect to the offense. Yeah. It legitimized the offense. Like, you can't sit there and go, oh, we don't that that was Donovan McNabb's fault. How you gonna talk shit like, oh, y'all can just survive or do do just as good without him? No, you can't. Right. Like we've seen year in and year out, conference finals gone, you know, or less. Bro, you could bro, you could see it in the Super Bowl. Like my thing was when I was watching that two roll, why the fuck aren't they keep throwing the ball to Terrell Owens? Like hmm. I would have just rolled Terrell Owens the whole way back. Like And they lost to the was that the Patriots? Patriots. They yep. They lost to the Patriots. Yeah. But how how much longer you think the old ass can play, man? I think he's gonna try to play until he's fifty. But this is the Hell one knock no. I'll give Yeah, but this is the one knock I'll give on Brady, right? Nah, I think he will. I think he'll try to get as close to as he can. But this is the one thing I, I knock on Brady and it plays to the era that, that he plays in. Back when Joe oh, Montana yeah. was in the league, Dan Marino was in the league. The the but not just that the game retired you. Yes. It was one hit you took mm. that went, yeah, it's time to go. Like tackles paid for a long time. Yes. Brady hasn't gotten hit like that in his Well, career. yeah, from jump. They made the tough rule and 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 you know the rest is kind of well, history that well, they, every they, year they, essentially they, they added an extra stipulation to kind of protect to hitting the, yeah, to Tom hitting the Brady and Peyton Manning. Cuz we used to think he was a bitch cuz he would take those and we saw how Andrew Luck retired and Andrew would take yeah, like you know what? Yeah. Maybe you should have just took those knees. But I, I thought it was crazy. Uh, yeah. they jumped the season off right with uh Tampa Bay and the Cowboys, and I mean, this motherfucker Dak will throw for three, four hundred yards, and the defense will just lose it. But I told, but I, I, I told my boy, I said Dak gonna have a huge game. Watch, and he was mm-hmm. he a Cowboy fan? I said, dude, I'm telling you, Dak gonna have a huge game, and have Ezekiel Elliott. Fuck it at. They won't they won't give it up, uh the Cowboys. Jerry Jones that he's just cursed them because he thought he won those championships, right? Mm-hmm. He just won't relinquish that role. It's like motherfucker, you just just let somebody just delegate and don't overcoach these teams. I mean 
prove. Yeah, he wants to prove, and I think that's what he feels with Jimmy Johnson. Like Jimmy Johnson is really the one, right? Team. It's like the 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 key that Jimmy Johnson had that is the same key that Pete Carroll had. And Pete Carroll phones that are not giving the ball, of course, to Mark. And he yeah. would have had this type of dynasty in Seattle that they had in Dallas. But the key to him uh, coming to Dallas is the same key that Pete Carroll had is that these guys being in college for as long as they did, they recruited so many players. So you already know who are the, going to be the best players coming up in the draft that many other teams don't know about in the next four to five years. Maybe six, maybe, maybe, maybe even longer. Yeah, that's what Carroll did. Carroll had that same advantage, same thing Jimmy Johnson had. So for Jerry Jones to think that he had something to do with <laughs> that building it, you're a fucking idiot, right? Jimmy Johnson knew every player right. who was anywhere in the country. People think, oh, just the ones you recruited or that came to you, but it's like we recruited, you know, hundreds. Yes, to get, the, to, to get the 53 that we got on our team, we recruited 300. So I, I, I like one with there because, yeah, you see with um Urban Meyer that he's just about ready to quit. They keep saying down in Jacksonville, and it's like, muff, ain't always greeting. <laughs> yeah, because but Urban Meyer, you got to think about it. Urban Meyer is so interesting. He's, he's, he's in the, he's, um, He's in the game, and he's out the game. He's in the game, and he's out the game. It's like, what well, is just those those uh, differences of you know when they're in college, you can say we're gonna take away your scholarship, and now you've motivated the kid. But once they're in the pros and they got millions of dollars in hand, what's and the motivation now? Yeah, yeah, you you're not gonna talk to them in the old type of way. And yeah, they're grown men. You're a dictator. Say what? There, you're a dictator as a college, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's a huge difference, and you know, no matter how good at recruiting you are in the pros, it doesn't goddamn matter because it's contracts and shit you got to move. So salary mm-hmm. caps and everything else. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm interested in this football season. I was in Atlanta last week checking out the Falcons game, and they mm-hmm. had given the fuck up on Matt Ryan, and you know. It's just funny for such a black city that they're like, call Cam Newton. They're like, hell, call RG3. So everybody right. at the bar is just kind of in unison. You think about like, that? A good pickup for Atlanta because Cam mm-hmm. is a Georgia boy. Right, Cam yeah, and I think he Cam went down there to one of the games. So the writing's kind of on the wall there that I think that's definitely a landing spot for him. Wow. I, I'm so glad Kyle Shanahan did not pull the trigger on trying to get Matt Ryan. I'm like, bro, that would have been fucking disaster. Yeah, Matt Ryan is sad. I, you know what I think it is? Sometimes we give the quarterback all the credit, but, you know, sometimes those coordinators, sometimes you're running back that blocks for you. All mm-hmm, that little mm-hmm. stuff matters. And he got that MVP a lot like Joe Flacco kind of winning the Super Bowl that mm-hmm. one year where you were great. The rest mm-hmm. of this time, you've been somewhere between average to good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, average to good to keep you around a long time. I could the Washington rolled out Fitzpatrick on the first damn game, and, of course, he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why y'all yeah. – And, yeah, and this kid. is one thing I agree with Cam on is that being popular or having been a starter, former – 
hurts you in a backup role because people view it as, well, that guy isn't going to be content to just sit there. And the second yeah. my quarterback throws an interception, uh, you know, create a controversy. So I'd rather not have you than to have you. Right, right, right. Whereas Fitzpatrick has gotten a million fucking chances that it's just like a million jobs. You stop in rolling him out here. That's just like uh, what's what's the dude McNown, uh, J- Josh McCown, McCown. Yeah, he's played for so many. T- you know how much how much money that is he's collected in his to be less than mediocre. And the big chip is that Deshaun Watson wants out of uh the Texans and uh, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, allegedly. So it's like I would think you just swap them out and roll on, but they just got Deshaun Watson sitting in uh Texas. Fucking it's so fucked up. He, it's so fucked up. He he signed that long term deal, and for everything to be fall start falling apart, and then all of a sudden these ag- allegations come out of yeah, nowhere. That shit don't so sit he right can't get me, out of his contract. I that shit's weird. Too deep into it, but that shit don't sit right with me. Deshaun kind of said, "Yo, I want out of here. I think I played my last game as a Texan," and the ownership was like, "Uh, yeah, about that." We don't usually do this, but go on, break him off with the remix. <laughs> and all of a sudden, allegations just started raining down. None of them criminal, all of them civil. So it's like, you know, Sully in the man's name is what it looks like. Yep. Don't get too deep into it. Your 49ers are 1 0. And they got Philly today, but I'm going to see what the fuck uh, Carson Wentz does for my Colts, man. Mm hmm. You know, we still heartbroken from Andrew Luck just quitting. <laughs> just goddamn quit on did I ever tell million. Did I ever tell you that I ever tell you what I think my uh what I think my 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 thoughts on why he retired, my conspiracy theory? I think you said something about drugs. Yeah, I think he got hooked on opi- opioids. That's what oh, I think. Yeah. I no, that's one thing I've always I've leveled with athletes on. It's like, you know, growing up, you're just, you know, you're on the straight and narrow path and it's really rigid from, mm. you know, 13 till 40, pretty much till retirement. So I've always leveled with, you know, Ricky Williams. I'm like, you know what, man? Yeah, fuck it. Just take a year and go smoke weed, nigga. Like, right. And was the oldest running back to ever have a thousand yard season. So. You know, the boy could run the ball in his sleep, but I think that catches up with you after a while. Like, damn, when do I just get to be a kid? Yeah, be a person, yeah. 25, got millions of dollars, but can't live like I want to live. But you, you know, you know it's, smoke it's, a blunt. what's weird about him is that he said he never wanted to be an NFL player. He well, said that, he, like, he's content, you, you know, if you're good with, at the yeah. sport, and if you got the physicality, because so many of us, you know, would like to be, but don't have the physicality. I mean, mm-hmm. Larry Sanders was an NBA player in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, played his way into the league, really small, obscure college, but they looked at his size and said, shit, we think you could do something. You know, played until, I think he was over there with Giannis early. Mm-hmm. Got a nice big contract and then just quit and literally said exactly what I'm saying. Of, yeah, man, Failed a drug test, got kicked out, weed, and said, yeah, man, I just want to smoke weed. I might be 6'10", but I've never liked basketball. I just played because, and I mean, I've seen it in high school, you know. Tall nigga, he was kind of in special ed, but 
the coach. <laughs> the coach's dick basically got hard looking at him. <laughs> he used to sit on our lunch table. True story. Tall, dark-skinned kid named Andrew. And I mean, Andrew must have been 6'4". But he was kind of slow. He was in special classes. The coach was like, man, I don't care about none of that. <laughs> and like I said, the coach Dick pretty much got hard just staring at Andrew. Then he finally came over and was like, you a freshman? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Basically gave him his uniform right there in the lunchroom. Wow. The rest of us trying out. I can still remember I tried out. I think I must have had like eight points, a couple of assists, some steals. I'm trying my hardest. Man, we went to the gym that morning. And your name wasn't on that motherfucker nowhere. But you know who was yeah. on the team? Andrew. <laughs> Basketball. They struggled. I remember they was trying to get his grades right. Never really could. Then even then, he was like methodical and slow and uncoordinated. So... <laughs> Uh, so you mean like ba- basketball coaches operate with the same mentality as most chicks? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like this nigga's retarded. He can barely read. And be like, oh, but he's 6'10", though. Gold diggers. <laughs> right, right. And, and height diggers. You know, I was just laughing with somebody about what I said. You know, I was reading the fetishization. God damn, that word is fucking me up. Fetishization of, you know, dark fetishization of thick women that you go, you bitches want to talk about the fetishization of the tall men. And, and, and that <laughs> comes up in your little shit. Uh-huh. Or the fetishization of rich men. None of that ever comes up. None, none, we, none of that. Yeah. We need to have a talk. I even saw a woman, you know, talking about, you know, if you date a woman who's under five eight, that's because you're into children. No, I'm just like dumb shit. What? You know, that's about controlling her. It was just like, you know what? I responded, I responded to that. I said, So if you like men over a certain height, that means you uh that means you wanna fuck your daddy. Right. It's just like y'all just come up with anything. Yeah, you know. Just try to gaslight motherfuckers into liking you. Yeah, or to make you feel bad about who you like. Mm -hmm. Or I could just not care what you think. You know, right, you can't fight, so this is how you have to try to, you know, control people is mm-hmm. through manipulation of, you know, think pieces. But we'll end on this note. Um, <laughs> that yes. I just think it's funny that you know, for Kevin Samuels, every time we talk about him, and you'll even see some dudes take on this, you know, I'm a model for you fatherless niggas, and it's just like, nah, let's not do that. Like, mm-hmm. women listen to Oprah and Ayala Van Zandt, and nobody calls them motherless. Right. But the second we like a guy, there has to be something wrong with it, and we got to be fatherless niggas. So it's like, eh, stop. Anyway, uh, let's get the fuck off here. Let's wrap up. Uh, you got any shows coming up? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at Baby Shower Comedy, and I'm also headlining a gig in, um, headlining a gig in uh, Hackensack, New Jersey. Uh, at this place called Two Cochina Restaurant in Hackensack, and I also producing a show October second, and it's okay. called Tastefully Hilarious. Word, word. Okay, hey, you you flying compared to me? Like I said, I'm kind of just putting my feet back on solid ground here. Uh, this episode ain't coming out till tomorrow, so Monday. Uh, I got a spot at New York Comedy Club tonight. Uh, y'all just find me at I am Phil.
um, and stay tuned for dates. Like I said, I'm just trying to build it back up, put it back together. Uh, like, share, subscribe, folks. Review the goddamn podcast. I can see that y'all are listening, but I don't see no reviews and I don't see no likes. Like, come out the dark. You don't have to be ashamed, man. <laughs> Word. Uh, well, that's been another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Later.